0: Today's episode of On Shuffle is brought to you by YouTube Music. YouTube Music is a new app that combines everything you expect from a streaming service with the magic of YouTube to bring it all to life. With YouTube Music Premium, you'll get ad-free music that plays with the screen off or while other apps are open. Get music whenever you want it, even when you're offline. Download the new YouTube Music app today and start your free 30-day trial. Then just pay $9.99 per month. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of On Shuffle. I'm your host, Micah Peters, a staff writer at The Ringer. And the year is almost over. 2019 is so close, we can almost taste it. But before the year is out, we have my colleague Rob Harvillo on the pod to talk about the best albums of 2018, some of which we missed. Also, Tyler Parker is going to join us for a very special edition of Recommendations where he talks about Garth Brooks' live performance at Notre Dame and the Interstate Gospel album from the Pistol Annies. But Rob first, let's get into it. It is list season, and as such, albums, songs, and moments that we love during the year are being weighed and measured. My colleague Rob Arvilla composed our best albums list with another colleague of ours. You may have heard of him, Shea Serrano, and Rob also wrote a companion essay about the state of music in 2018 and a longer meditation on the best album of 2018, which was, drumroll please, Cardi B's Invasion of Privacy. Rob, how are you doing today?
1: Thank you for calling it a meditation, Micah. That makes, it seem, <laughs> makes, makes me seem very important, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate you having
0: me. You know, I I appreciate you being here, and I also appreciate your, your meditations on pop culture and music and all of the other things. You talk about Cardi B's invasion of privacy's... Goodness by noting the ways in which it isn't bad, which is a great way to attack music criticism. Specifically, yes. you're talking about its length, but what makes it the album of the year?
1: I, yeah, it, it seemed like every rap album this year was either very, very short or very, 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 very long. You know, <laughs> obviously, like another, I another, album on the top ten was Daytona with Pusha T, of course.
0: It was written like Nas, but it came from Quentin. At the mercy of a game where the codes is missing. When the CEO's blinded by the glow, is different.
1: Was sort of set the gold standard for, like the, for the Kanye for the good music month, obviously, like it was easily the best one of those. But just the idea of a 20-minute album, you know, it was just it was fantastic. It was concise. It didn't waste any of your time. There was no filler on it. At all. And, you know, you saw that repeated by Ben Staples later in the year. He was also on the list, you know, and on the other hand, you had somebody like Drake who put out like a six hour, you know, quadruple disc set. I think Scorpion was <laughs> either that or your Migos, right? Like, I don't think anybody on earth has actually listened to all of culture too. Except for you. Right. Like you, uh, well, yeah. You, you I mean, think. like,
0: well, I had to, well, one, I had to write about it, but let's not, let's not ah. kid ourselves here. I absolutely would have listened to it all the way through <laughs> whether or not I had to write about it. And thank you for clarifying. Yes. You know, culture two was culture two was actually pretty good, but it was entirely yeah. too long. I agree.
1: Right. And then they all did solo albums and like those were even worse than, you know, not as long, but they fell three times as long. But I, Cardi was right in the middle of that. Like I feel it was like 45 minutes or so. It was like 13, 14 tracks, 45 minutes. Like it it just struck a really good balance between just just having a heft to it, but just not having any wasted moments and not doing the same that you said for most rap albums. Like these people are, this guy's gaming Spotify, like, as we speak right like they just put 45 tracks on there and it's it's a numbers game and I just I felt like Cardi found a sweet spot where it had just the heft and the quality is the fullness that you sort of associate with golden age you know 90s whatever rap albums. like whether that was actually the case you know whether that's nostalgia I couldn't say but it, it just it felt like a complete album but it didn't waste your time it just all every song holds up, you know. Every song that I have heard on the radio sounds somehow miraculous on the radio. Like it was just it was a really good culmination. All that stuff.
0: Yeah, it was it was substantial, but it didn't overstay its welcome, and it was fun the yeah. entire time it was there.
1: Yeah, and it was just it was just versatile, you know. Like it's as as Lindsey has noted, you know, at the time, like the the sort of breakup songs and the angry songs that are sort of perfunctory on a lot of other rappers' records. Like she really. Cardi really threw herself in his you know, and I be careful it just so it showed a completely different side to her and it's yeah, it's just it, it, you had a lot more you sort of had an idea of what Cardi's lane was at that point, you know, based off Bodak Yellow, based on uh, and Cardi and just the songs that she put out immediately after Bodak. But it just it just expanded what she could do you know it, it was just the, the versatility even if you were really rooting for her even if you thought the album would be pretty good like it was just shocking the range that she was able to show. Yeah. You
0: talk about that moment on the, be careful uh, specifically as being the moment yeah. that you knew that like the 15 minutes was going to be a lot, lot longer.
1: <laughs> right. Like of all, of all the guests on that record, like all the hooks done by other people, like I, the be careful hook is the one that really got
0: me. me I,
2: I gave you everything was mine it's yours. I want you to
0: live your life of course but I hope you get what you dying for. Be careful me mm.
1: do you know There's just a force to it but also like a vulnerability to it like there's just no guile to it but it's just it's really sticky it's really effective like yeah that's the song that immediately really really got to me is just showing what she could do and showing that she can do a lot more that even I think a lot of the people rooting for her thought she could do.
0: Cardi B's Invasion of Privacy is uh, the best album, but it also has like some of the I guess the best narrative or the juiciest. how did you go about choosing the re- or mapping out the rest of the the top ten?
1: Well, as you're aware, yeah, I, I think you know Shay Serato's MO by now. And yeah, Shay's list was like entirely rap music, you know, and so. Yeah. She really wanted Vince Staples. Bouncey
0: foul, never text, never
1: call. She really wanted push T. Like
0: a shake, play amongst the stars, like the roof in the rath. Get the table next to mine, make our bottle service race.
1: You know, she really wanted me Quicken
0: them up like a cap. I don't cap. I'm the captain. Imagine, imagine, she riding my dragon. I'm breathing as far. She leaving inspired. You know, and so I,
1: it's filling out the rest of our top ten. I was trying to bring in any non-rap music really that I can think of. Like I listen to a goodly amount of country music, which is maybe sort of uncommon in our crew, but just I you know, the pistolanis I thought had the best, sort of the liveliest, you know, the most intense country record of the year. Yeah, I was just I was trying to just fill out the other genres because Shay's Shay's got the rap music really locked down at this point and I'm just I'm just sort of agreeing with him most
0: of the time. <laughs> yeah. I'd like my just nodding my head. Yeah, making the, the 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 top ten songs list is that like, you know, I'd come back with like five rap <laughs> records and I was just kinda like, Oh right. right. Well there was other stuff that was good, just not stuff that I listened to as much. So then you'd then have to do a little bit of soul searching and you know maybe yeah, kill yeah. off a, fill, a few of your children <laughs> but another album coming in at number eight was uh steven milkmas and the jicks sparkle hard
2: the cops, the cops of
1: Freddy,
0: sweet previously never I, I i hadn't heard of it um but Damn. i had to go see what bike lane was about because it's you mentioned guitars, distortion, and an allusion to Freddie Gray, which, yeah. you know, raised a couple of questions. So I needed to listen to it for myself. Go, Freddie, go.
1: What, how did you feel about it? What, what, what was your response?
0: You know, like, I was just kind of like, all right, I like the sound of it, but it seems like one of those things that, like, maybe I didn't, need to hear like an alternative <laughs> rock song about it uh, from no,
1: I know I, I think what's appealing to me about that song is how awkward you know and, and mildly ill advised it is like I just what I get from that record like I'm I'm a pretty huge pavement fan you know going back to high school which you know was unfortunately in the late 90s <laughs> so I've been living with Stephen Maltmouth in my head for, for a while now like I think this is his seventh or eighth solo album, and it's, yeah, it's, I, I, I identify with him as just sort of an awkward dad rocker at this point, like, trying to work out, like, how cool he should be, how sort of stiff and dad rockish, rockish he, he should be, and it's, yeah, it's, you can tell with Bike Lane that he's taking a really big swing, and he's, he's he's trying to write about something really serious, you know, pavement lyrics, Stephen Maltman's lyrics tend to be just sort of surrealist pseudo-profound sort of whimsy by design, you know, like, it's the, the value proposition of Stephen Malmiss used to be that, like, you knew he didn't really care about anything he was singing about, and, like, that was super cool, like, that's what a lot of the 90s was, you know, which is bizarre in retrospect, but yeah, it's, I would not have wanted him to ever try and tackle a song like that, I would never have imagined it, but, and it's, you know, whether or not it's totally effective, like, the earnestness, the awkwardness of the attempt is really endearing to me for some reason, you know, it's just, I, I I love him for trying, if nothing else
0: Can you compare it to something that you could, like, see in the everyday like, I mean, like, my <laughs> usual thing for, for, like, I guess I don't know, say, like, Jay-Z using the Migos flow, or like or some other whatever I'm just like, it's like watching your dad get into skinny jeans, and it's just kind oh of like Oh my
1: god, yeah, that, that's a vivid image
0: right there, <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: it's just <laughs> Making a late breaking, you know, pivot towards social commentary, you know, again is not what I would have imagined from him and you know, I don't I don't think he's gonna make a habit of it necessarily, but as like sort of a quick really surprising sort of blip, I thought it was I thought it was effective even if it wasn't totally successful.
0: Right. You do talk about other songs on the album as being successful, <laughs> like Kite, for instance.
2: Flying lower than a kite shoved in the a-
1: Closet, no deposit, no return Fight is one of my favorite songs here like I went on vacation with my family to Virginia Beach and like I took a long walk and I was just walking down the beach and that song came on and I'm hearing it for the first time and I just I just I was I had also recently written about yay is the Kanye West album and I was trying to flush. That album out of my system and it was just the sun was shining and there was birds and it was just, it was a really beautiful pristine <laughs> moment for me that song and it was just it sort of just reset you know my brain in a very very pleasing way it's, it's one of my favorite musical memories of the year and so i yeah that's that's the story behind that
0: one <laughs> I feel like there's uh, a another entry on your list. Uh, Neil's from All Melody is another like instance of you know like having a right. calming effect on your frazzled soul, as it were.
1: Well, I mean, when you write, can you write to rap music? Can you write to music with words? I or does it sort of throw you?
0: I well, to tell you a secret, I actually write. A, I can only really write about football if I'm listening to angry rap music. It's like, Is
1: that right? That's
0: interesting. That's not entirely true. I just wrote a one time, I wrote a like a, a saint's essay about, I, I can't even remember what it was about, but I was listening to 400 Degrees by Juvenile the entire time.
1: Holy Um, moly! Did it have an effect on the writing itself? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, like, whether it was good or not is is for someone else to say, not me.
1: (laughs) I have trouble writing if there's a lot of words in the music that I'm listening to, but of course, I have to be listening to music, and so I'm just I'm, I'm on on the lookout for something that is engaging but also sort of calming, like my own personal pseudo intellectual chill out tent. Sort of situation. And I just, I don't remember how I stumbled across that record. He's German. I, it, the best way I could describe it is like neoclassical, which is a terrible, terrible, terrible way to describe it. Like he would punch me in the face if he heard that. It's, it's, it's just, there are organs, there are beats. Like there, are, it's, it's just, it's very soothing and very engaging at the same time. And I just, I found myself spending a lot of time with that record and just sort of lying on my bed staring at the ceiling and like, very like just staying off of Twitter at all costs and I just I found that record very calming <laughs> for some reason
0: less calming but uh, I guess more engaging <laughs> might have been Dirty Computer by Janelle Monet, which came in at number five have discussed it on this podcast but i have listened to it a lot and i think that django jane is also one of like the better rap records of the year
1: yeah i've i've loved her for a long time like I, I saw her at south by southwest like many many years ago like when she first had her ep out and like Tight Rope was my favorite song of that year so i I've, I've been a huge fan of hers for a long time and i I've always loved her records, but her records have always been like really elaborate, you know, and there are like orchestral themes and there are interludes and there's always like a huge story about how she's really a robot, but she wants to become human or vice versa. Like there's just, there's a lot of clutter, a lot of ambition, you know, that that sort of gets in the way of the songs themselves a lot of the times on her records. And like, this is an ambitious record too. And she put out that entire movie accompaniment to it, but I just, I, I feel like it's her best record as just a collection of songs, This is a collection of pop songs, like that run in the middle there that's like pink and make me feel, and uh, uh, I, like that.
0: I like that. My favorite song that I
1: sort of heard incidentally in a tv show this year was i like that at the end of an insecure episode like it's just sort of totally unexpected (laughs) and i couldn't remember where it came from for like the first 30 seconds that i heard it but i just i i feel like this is their best collection of songs and even with you know a lot of backstory and a lot of sort of multimedia stuff around it it's the songs this time just stood on their own to me in a way that they hadn't as a full album previously
0: one of the best things about uh about list season <laughs> is the uh basically the the idea that you will i mean the experience of going to read lists elsewhere and finding something that you had never encountered before or maybe something that you forgot about and you go back to revisit it is what had was there any sort of experience like that for you this year
1: yeah i mean it's when i when everybody starts putting out their lists like I end up with just a note you know on my phone that just becomes a list of 20 to 25 albums that I want to revisit. And it's always, it's always kind of dismaying how similar a lot of the top 10 lists are, you know, like I love the Mitski record, you know, but it's after you've seen the Mitski record on the top of like your 10th list, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to get some surprises in there. You know, I, the record that sort of has jumped out at me so far is Arcade Court. Wide Awake. Yeah, and it's, you know, this is sort of similar to Stephen Maltmiss in the sense that, like, this is a band now that's had five or six records that are pretty sonically consistent. Like, if you're into them, you're really into them. You know, if you're not into them, like, they're, they're pretty out of sight, out of mind a lot of the time. And it's, I've listened to a lot of their records and been like, yeah, you know, I'm into this. If I ever, like, really sat down with it, if I ever gave it a whole lot of attention, I'm sure I'd learn to love it. And that's, this is the first record of theirs that's really clicked for me. And like, I, I don't think there's anything uh, as politically explicit on wide awake as, you know, as bike lane as the Malthus thing. But I, I I do think that, you know, there is sort of a slight, like what a time to be alive overtone to it. That's also really speaking to me, even if the lyrics are oblique, even if they're still trying to be these casual flacker type dudes, like there's this, there's an urgency to the record that, you know, I'm not used to associating with them. And, you know, I, at long last, I'm finally getting into them the way that I always figured that I would someday. So that's sort of been one revelation of all of that. But yeah, I mean, I end up listening to 30 records that maybe I listened to once or twice, you know, but just as background music, but just you see them on enough lists and you definitely want to go back to them.
0: Yeah. And then you go back into the Parquet Courts album and find Total Football, yeah. and then at the end of it is Fuck Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, uh, right,
1: right. Oh, yeah. the other one is Charlie Puth.
0: Cause girl, if you leave me now If you give it up and just walk right out You won't take the biggest part of me
1: and all the things that happened. Um, the New York Times, John Caramonica, like, really wrote for that record, and, like, even his fellow New York Times writers were giving him crap about it. But, like, I listened to that, you know, again yesterday, and, like, the, that song with Boys the Men is a jam. Like, the rest of it I'm not too sure about. Like, he's a pretty plastic-sounding dude. But uh, I don't remember the title offhand. But the Charlie Puth Boys the Men song is, is a jam I think actually I think I'm actually serious about that
0: <laughs> you think you're actually serious about that uh, <laughs> well um, Rob thank you very much for talking about the, the boys to Ben Charlie Poof song that you are pretty sure that you're serious about and Parquet yeah. and Cardi B and the entire top 10 albums list which you can find on the ringer.com great website Rob, thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you. And now we're going to take a quick break to talk about Mizen and Maine. Millions of men across the globe suffer from textile dysfunction, leading to poor performance in their dress shirts. It's tragic. Thankfully, Mizen and Maine has developed a cure. Their dress shirts are made with performance-driven fabrics that are designed to look great all day and require no ironing or dry cleaning. Mizzen and Maine dress shirts provide all-day comfort with built-in four-way stretch and moisture-wicking technology. These are the dress shirt of choice for many top professional athletes like J.J. Watt and Phil Mickelson. If Mizzen and Maine can increase their performance, imagine what it can do for you. There's no more need to be embarrassed by your textile dysfunction. Head to MizzeninMaine.com to find your cure and discover the longest lasting best look for men. That's MizzeninMaine.com and use promo code SHUFFLE for $10 off any dress shirt. Ask your doctor if your heart is healthy enough for looking the best you've ever looked in your life. If you experience your dress shirt looking great for longer than four hours, good job, you're wearing and Maine look great longer. Meet Sonos Beam, the smart compact soundbar for your TV and newest addition to the easy-to-use home sound system. It really—I have one of these, and it really has changed the way that I do home entertainment. There's this one episode of The King of Queens where Kevin Smith is talking to Leah Ramini about, like, installing surround sound in their apartment. He's just like, I don't just want— the sound to surround me. I want it in me. That's what it's like when you have a beam, honestly. The, the the sound is really full and rich and crisp and deep, and it makes everything sound better. Honestly, you should get one. All it takes is one cord to connect the beam to your TV, and it syncs with your existing remote. Or get hands-free control with Alexa, which is built in. The Sonos app walks you through setups step-by-step. But if you don't even want to bother setting up the speakers, again, it's really only one chord. You should be ashamed of yourself. Sonos will send someone to do it for you. That's right. If you live in any major metropolitan area, Up and Running will have a Sonos expert deliver and set up your system absolutely free. Just order from Sonos.com and select Up and Running at checkout if you qualify. These church signs, they light up. These roads, that- Yes, indeed. It is another recommendation segment. This time with my good friend, uh, the center on our basketball team, the star of all of the Ringer films. Uh, you know, just pleasant <laughs> personality. Tyler Parker, how are you doing today, man? <laughs> doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. So, talk to me about this uh, Pistol Annies album, Interstate Gospel, which, not for nothing, made the best ten albums of the year on the Ringer.com great website. Uh, you should go read that yes. article, by the way. I mean,
2: the Pistol Annies are fantastic. You've got Miranda Lambert. She's like, that's the, that's the name in bright glittering lights. Mm -hmm. She's the star, but, uh, It's three. It's three women. Mm -hmm. It's Ashley Monroe is the, is one of the other ones. And it's Angelina Presley is the last one. Mm -hmm. Um, they're all singer-songwriters. The, uh, Ashley Monroe, like, she's done some stuff. She had a, she had an album came out a few years ago that had a song on it called Weed Instead of Roses that got a bunch of like, you know, NPR country types really excited <laughs> about stuff. But, and it's a, it's a very good song and the album was very good. She had another album that came out in April this year. It's called Sparrow that is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, She's just like, she's more of a like sort of songwriter in demand as far as I understand it, but she's like, you know, she's the real deal. And then uh, uh, Presley is another singer-songwriter who like, has just been kind of taking her cuts throughout the years. She's probably more known for Pistolanis than anything else, but she's uh, they all sort of handle songwriting duties equally. I think all of them are co-writers on every single song except for the last one, and that one is just Presley and Monroe. Lambert didn't do anything with that. And which record is that? This Too Shall Pass, Mm, I think. Yeah, but it's just like, this is like good old-fashioned, life sucks right now country music.
0: Yeah, I I mean, like I was, I got a chance to listen to the the album a little bit uh, yesterday and today, this morning, which I didn't actually get to. This morning, the best years of my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which begins with that line about I picked the wrong day to take a recreational Percocet, which is absolutely unbelievable. Which is a fire way to start a song. It's
2: incredible, and the whole song is just like. Flex after flex after flex. It's unbelievable. There's like a little special, you know, whatever, two-minute-long video on YouTube of on the Pistol Annie's Vivo account that talks specifically about that song. And Monroe had that line in her head for like a long time, knowing that whenever the Pistol Annie's cut another record, she was going to bring that to the mix for them. Huh, whatever. okay. And so, um, yeah. But that's, I mean, that song has, the recreational Percocet line is just unbelievable but every verse you know i've got a hankering for intellectual emptiness
0: (sighs) absolutely that's how that's
2: how presley kicks hers off
0: like it's just like you said it is life sucks country music but this song in particular was just kind of like i settled in this shitty town with you and i had children and now i can't go anywhere and right and this is just where we're at well it's
2: I think in the same Vivo video you hear them talk about, basically it was like inspired by maybe one of like Lambert's friends who they were like, she was texting her or something like that while they were like sort of, you know, writing and recording for the album. She was like, write a song about, you know, an exhausted mother or whatever, an overworked mother. And then like they wrote it in like, I think they said on the video is like they wrote it in, you know, one or two hours and then sent it to. The girl who had said, the woman who had said, you know, send send me or you know, write a song about this, but yeah, Monroe just had that like in her back just pocket rattling around, just her brain in already. case.
0: Yeah, it's that's amazing. Um Oh, also, in addition, you, in addition to being a Pistol evangelist, you are also a Garth Brooks evangelist, one hundred percent.
2: So I'm a proud
0: member of the Church of Garth. Yeah, like yeah, My my understanding of Garth Brooks is informed by other kids in grade school that were into it. Totally, and uh, you know, occasional commercials that I'd see for massive live shows on TV. Right. right. And also, I learned about his Chris Gaines alter ego for VH1. Yeah. But I don't know too much else about him. You've seen those Chris Gaines pictures, though? Yes. Because they're worth checking out. I mean, like, he's, for those of you that don't know about Chris Gaines, it's basically Garth Brooks dyed his hair black and, like, made this kind of, like, Yeah of uh, well, supposedly it was supposed paranoid
2: to be punk music Supposedly it was supposed to be tied to a movie but the movie just did never came out like mm-hmm. i don't even know if they shot it or not but garth was like all right i'm going to have this album queued up ready to go for whenever the i don't know <laughs> it's uh so yeah he did a, he did a live at Notre Dame show on uh, a few nights ago and it's just it's just pure uncut Garth. It's unfiltered Garth. He, it is just as cheesy as he's ever been as ridiculous as he's ever been as enthusiastic as he's ever been. He's having the time of his life and people, particularly in the stadium and probably just the way that they shot it. But like people are going absolutely batshit every, (laughs) like he will, he has the most ridiculous like lead-ins to different songs and things like that. Like, at one point, he just starts. He's, he's like standing in front of the the like touchdown Jesus thing. Like they come back from commercial, and Garth is like standing. You know, clearly on top of a building, but he's got touchdown Jesus in the background. It's like you know drum shots, and he's, he says, "I I literally typed all this out because I was like, this is absolutely fantastic." <laughs> he said, "Technically, it's called the Word of Life. Student body calls it touchdown Jesus." <laughs> Because it overlooks the north end zone here and the house that Rockney built. And Garth loved to say the house that Rockney built. All that <laughs> night he was saying the house that Rockney built. I swear to God, he said it 150 times. He's talking about
0: Newt Rockney. Newt
2: Rockney. Yeah. He kept going, The House that Rockney built. He, loved it. <laughs> he said, Touchdown Jesus was assembled by stones gathered from all seven continents. <laughs> this is the place. This is where everybody comes together, all religions, all shapes and sizes, and they're all here to sing. <laughs> That's what I love about it. And then boom, he goes right into Thunder Rolls.
0: <laughs> so you want to make fun of him so bad and then he gives you the good stuff. He gives you Thunder Rolls. It's honestly the any number of like I've I watched a handful of live perform- of Garth Brooks live performances yeah. just out of rank curiosity right. and it's just like it's honestly like he's a ring it's he's a ringleader. It's actually yeah. a circus. Dude,
2: he there are I mean young Garth would be Descend would descend from the rafters on, you know, wires. <laughs> you know, I mean, singing. Like he'd
0: also do front flips into like holes in the middle of the stage and stuff. Go watch like young Garth
2: concerts and like, you know, you hear people who like really rave about Brad Paisley because he's like an unbelievable guitar player and he can, you know, sprint from one side of the stage to the other, just going nuts. Mm-hmm. Garth is like, these are. It's Mar- not Springsteen level, but these are like marathon concerts where he's just like going hard from the moment the show starts until it probably long after it ends. How long is this this Neverland performance? This one, I mean, all told on TV, it was two hours mm-hmm. that with, with commercials. Uh-huh. I had, I no lie, had two friends that went, mm-hmm. two buddies that I know from back in Chicago, and they went and they said it was one of the worst experiences of their life. <laughs> <laughs> they said it was like snowing at one point I think it was I think it stopped snowing and then it decided it wanted to start raining Garth kept like imploring the crowd to like alright so we're gonna have the cameras on you now so everyone you know and he would they would like start songs over cause he didn't like how they had started and stuff like that they said it was like a miserable experience
0: I mean like honestly being in freezing rain and being forced to be enthusiastic about something yeah. sounds like my nightmare yes yeah.
2: but then when like I said earlier when you see the, the I mean they, Garth Garth you know he's you know levels ahead of all of us he knew what he was doing you see the concert everybody looks like they're having a great time it looks like the best night of their lives <laughs> <laughs> Garth was doing a lot of like – he has all these like moves that are just go-to moves for him. He'll hold his hands straight out, you know, away from his body like he's on a cross or sure. something. It'll, he puts his hands over his heart. He loves – his hat is like a – he uses it like a – it's not a prop. It's like a part of him, you know. <laughs> he's just – it's he's an artist. He's just taking it off and putting it – you know, it's
0: – he's unbelievable. <laughs> Anything else that we should know about Garth Brooks or this live performance or the Pistol Annies album?
2: Man, honestly, the the thing that I think would say everything about Garth is the is the last thing that he said. He gave one final monologue to the crowd, <laughs> like. at the end of uh, the dance. He closed with the dance because if you have the dance in your repertoire, you close with the dance (laughs) because the dance is the greatest song of all time. But so he gets done with that. And this is long and I apologize, but I think it's just absurd that he said all of this. It never ceases to amaze me that in this, and he's like searching for the word. He's like crazy life that God and you guys have given me and at this point, there's a girl, the camera's holding on a girl who has like this crazy smile on her face and just tears streaming down <laughs> her cheeks. She's so happy and just just tears just dropping off. Of her. It's, it seems like if you don't challenge yourself, you're never going to see what's next, you know? This is like at the end of the con, it's like raining.
0: Everyone's, you know. Everybody's just trying to go home. Yes.
2: So for the next three years, we're going to dedicate our lives to playing stadiums and bringing country music to more and more people because there's a lot of country music fans out there. And then he's like, he, he's There's got, also
0: a lot of people that can't hear Garth Brooks catalog because he gave it exclusively to Amazon,
2: mu- or And it's like on Amazon Music now, yeah. but I don't want to pay for Amazon Music. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he starts to go, but you know that person in your life that gives you that that courage to step forward? You know who they are. They're your mom. They're your dad. They're your best friend. Well, tonight, the people that gave us the courage to step forward in the next three years is Notre Frickin' Dame. <laughs> place goes nuts <laughs> he takes his hat off while he's doing it, he's like because he, he's just so reverent for all the the notre dame folks in the crowd thank you guys very much for everything and he's waving and then he says i love you and then no lie he screams like he like flexes and screams like he dunked on someone
0: uh. <laughs> oh this is honestly i i I don't want to lie to you and say that I'm going to watch a two-hour Garth Brooks performance. But I feel like I got the value of it out of this monologue.
2: You know, the Garth performance is something that if you like Garth, you will love it. And if you don't like Garth, you should still watch it because it's hilarious. Because he has no shame and he's so excited about everything. He's so excited about himself. He feels so... It makes him so happy that he's Garth
0: Brooks. (laughs) Oh, man. That is incredible. Tyler... You are just a treasure. Thank you for coming on. Dude, to talk thank you about for having us, Lady, and the Garth Brooks performance. I really appreciate it. Dude, you're the man. I love you. all we got for y'all thank you so much for listening special thanks to rob harvilla and tyler parker for joining me shout out my producer bobby wagner don't forget to check out our playlist. so we will be updating every week with the songs we're listening to a link to that is in the description also please rate and subscribe if you like the show we'd really appreciate it peace see you next week Meet Sonos Beam, the smart, compact soundbar for your TV. Beam lets you play everything you love, from music and radio to movies, TV, podcasts, and more. All with rich sound that fills the room. It's super simple to set up, but if you don't want to bother, Sonos will send someone to do it for you. That's right. If you live in any major metropolitan area, up and running will have a Sonos expert deliver and set up your system absolutely free. I actually used the up-and-running service. Somebody came and set it up for me, and then we sat there after we calibrated the sound on the system. Again, you can do this using the Sonos app. It's super easy. It's step-by-step. It's right there for you. But he did it for me, and then we spent you know, another half hour just watching the Vikings on TV. So in any case, just order from Sonos.com and select up-and-running at checkout if you qualify.